Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today you know what today is. The 2023-2024 GHSA Boys Basketball Season Preview Podcast. If you listen to the girls' podcast, you know how this one will shake down. We're going to touch on each classification with a short storyline, and then highlight uh, a handful of teams, hopefully in each classification, that just miss the top 10. Um, It's unbelievable that the season is already back here. It's unbelievable that we're still figuring out transfers here and there, uh, trickling in right before the season is supposedly starting, but uh, that is the nature of the beast, and it continues to roll on and roll on, and hopefully we have as much accurate information as possible But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into Class 7A. 7A, obviously, Wheeler defeated Cherokee last year. But the big question for me is, who could be this year's Cherokee team? What does that mean? A team that maybe isn't loaded with all these Division I stars, maybe doesn't have a bunch of 6'8 talent, a team that maybe isn't um, predominantly built on transfers, more of a homegrown uh, type feel, which gets harder and harder to find um, in the state of Georgia, especially with the highest classification. But who could teams like that maybe be? Well, I have two teams. How about a team that Cherokee beat in the Elite Eight last year, and that was Carrollton. Carrollton, uh, again, we're looking at a team that we don't know. I mean, going into the season, football players. I wrote that on the sandyspiel.com when we highlighted um, the preseason top 10 for each classification. There are a lot of teams across the state that have very influential key basketball players on their roster that are also star football players. One of those being, for Carrollton, would be Caleb Odom, who's committed to play football at Alabama. If Caleb Odom plays this year, For Carrollton, you're looking at a team that has a lot back. I know they lost Kashawn Pace and Cam Mayer, but pretty much everyone else is back that played a key role. He would be a a nice centerpiece as a six foot six, you know, a preseason all state pick, a six foot six guy that can really compete with those bigger and more maybe athletic teams that have that size across the board. Carrollton's more so uh, guard heavy, but if Caleb Odom's able to suit up, that gives them a puncher's chance with anybody in the state. I know Carrollton's ranked number nine to open up the season, but even if he doesn't play, Carrollton's still tough. Don Bray's done a really, really good job of getting that program um, right back on track to where uh, they need to be. They might have been slipping for just a a slight second there, um, but they're really tough. They're always going to be good. They always have athletes. It's a city school. It's just a good overall place to play your high school athletics at. And uh, the leader of the group is in that backcourt, OB, O'Brien Watkins, who has D3 offers. He's just a bowling ball getting downhill. He has such a great synergy um, with his running mate in the backcourt, Eli Pippins, who's listed at about 5'10". But Eli, he, he shoots the ball really, really well. He really flourished uh, at the Sandy Spill Fall League this year. He really took that step forward as becoming that first and or second scoring option. He might have even led the team in scoring um, this fall season, if I'm not mistaken. But he can shoot the three. He's a really good defender. That's the thing with Carrollton. They really get after you. They defend. Um, They can be physical. Uh, They have good pieces outside of those two. Hudson Blackman, uh, one of many seniors on this cast, just has super deep range. 
really lights it up from out there. You got a guy named Montreal Cousin who's going to play a big role for them this season. Listed about six foot two, six foot three, but burly strong. Um, it's a, a physical powerhouse, especially defensively and on the glass. So Carrollton is a team that could make a, a, a Cinderella run, but that's going to you know be determinant on what the um, state playoff bracket shapes up to be, what seed they get, and of course, is Caleb Odom and football players, are they going to be playing this year? And another team, obviously, probably uh, maybe – when you think about Cherokee, maybe even closer to a, a comparison is a team in that exact same region, Region 5. How about Walton? Walton opens up the season number 10 in the state. They have a ton back. Luke Flynn is, you know, he gives you that star power. He's committed to play at Wofford, an all-state guard that can shoot, can score from all levels, facilitates. just a great leader, but he has really good help around him. Caesar Burroughs is getting better and better and better every single season. As a six foot two junior guard, um, J.P. Wells is a senior. They just have a deep class uh, of guys that you could put in the backcourt. Leo Ita, uh, Nicholas Avalani, uh, Kamani Pax, and just name and listen these guys off. And then inside again, just like Cherokee last year, Cherokee didn't really have a lot of great size. Uh, Dasson Hart was probably their tallest player at about six foot five. Same kind of goes with Walton as far as impactful size. Don't have a ton of it, but Dubim Iguilo. Listed at about six foot four, a junior can really jump out of the gym strong. I like what I saw from him in the summer as a rebounder and just a springy presence that can even alter some shots. So Walton definitely a threat, a very well coached team, a senior team, team that can shoot the three ball and they can defend you. Walton definitely a threat to be this year's quote unquote Cherokee, uh, more of a homegrown type team that can make a deep run in the state tournament. Now, as far as teams that just miss a top ten. Uh, I'll give you a few of them. How about Buford, 20-7, and seven, new head coach Wes Parker slides over a seat. I think that's going to be really, really good for Buford. I think uh, they're not going to miss a beat. Coach Parker has paid his dues throughout the time, and he finally gets a shot at being the head man at Buford. And he has a deep veteran team. It might not be as tall, might not be as big as last year's group, but again, when you're loaded with veteran guards in the backcourt, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. Brennan Wansley, Asa Williams, Chase Robinson, uh, those guys have gone through the fire. They've seen it before. They're very reliable and trustworthy. Uh, you got even a sophomore, uh, Tori Costin, can really shoot the ball from the perimeter. Um, but two guys that really can make an impact. I'm not sure exactly how big of a role they will play, but I can tell you right now they're going to play a lot more than they did last year. Uh, Paul Peterson and Jackson Houston, two seniors, two guys that are electric athletes, can jump out of the gym. Uh, they can do a lot of stuff. They can play a much bigger than their size, both of them about six foot three or so, uh, but they can meet you at the rim. They can put you on a poster. Those guys can really help out. And then Kyle Carpenter, of course, is just a physical basketball player. Just play some one through five, essentially. He's just going to go out there and compete. So I do like this Buford team. Um, to be a favorite to win Region 8 and eventually get into the top 10 at some point. Next up, Peachtree Ridge, 22-7 and seven a season ago. Uh, a team that is very competitive. Uh, Connor Teasley, a great junior guard that just fills up the stat sheet. It feels like every single night, super wiry. He looks younger than his age uh, just because he hasn't really packed on all that mass and, and that big weight to him. But he can flat out play. He makes things happen for the Lions. 
Uh, they also are expected to return another all-region uh, performer in Byron Martin. Should be back for his senior season, to the best of my knowledge. And then what I have saw on the Sandy Spill uh, dot com transfer list. Three transfers have moved in: Trey Hobbs from Discovery, Isaiah Langley from Berkmar, and then six foot seven rim protector Derwin Hodge from Wesleyan. Not a huge offensive threat per se right now, but definitely a guy that you can plug and play, and he will block shots and rebound inside. So that is a big piece to keep Peachtree Ridge athletic around the rim and give them some length. And then lastly, a team. How about West Forsyth, 11-18, kind of a wasted season last year. Will Moore was injured. The Marshall commit is now healthy. It, it's all going to be based on how healthy is Will Moore. Can he play the entire season? If he can, he's got that uh, uh, electric athleticism. Uh, a marksman from beyond the arc just can create stuff off the dribble. They got two big wings alongside him and Sam Maynard and Chase Damarell. Um, the question for me, though, is do they have those true point guards that can really set them up, run the offense, and can defend on the perimeter? But um, with multiple six foot six guys on the perimeter that can all play above the rim, can all stretch the four, West Forsyth has a lot of talent and could be a team that can contend with the likes of Lambert and Milton. Uh, and hey, maybe even Denmark in Region 6 for a region title. In Class 6A, it's an interesting classification. I think this is a very winnable classification for a lot of teams. Uh, now, of course, you still have your favorites. Um, Woodward Academy, number two in the state. Riverwoods, three. St. Pius, four. And, of course, uh, Alexander is number one, the defending state champs, and we'll talk about them in just a split second. But I think it's wide open. I'm looking at this classification. Um, transfers, graduation have really kind of shaped this up to uh, give a puncher's chance to a lot of teams uh, that maybe you don't get to see as much in the top ten. Like Lakeside Evans at number seven. They had some transfers move in. They were 19 and 11 a year ago. Lost 62-57 at St. Pius. Lakeside Evans, they could be a sneaky good team. Um, I hear there's some eligibility that is hanging um, by a thread right now for some of these programs with some key transfers that moved in. And if all of a sudden, uh, you know, an all-state kid or a kid that's projected to be a very key contributor, if they're deemed ineligible, I mean Boy, oh boy, that doesn't completely sink the ship of one or maybe a few of these programs, but it does really uh, put a hurdle uh, that you have to clear, and that's some adversity when you think, oh, I can rely on this kid to maybe give us 12, 15 points per game. If that kid's not there, um, that could go by the wayside and maybe limit the ceiling for one or maybe some of these teams. Um, but with that being said, I think the road to Macon, I think it does still run through Alexander, but... At least on paper, Alexander's not necessarily as big or as deep as last year. They graduated seven seniors. Of course, they do have the reigning uh, Class 6A Player of the Year in Braden Liu, who's just a phenomenal talent. That if I mean, if he takes his game to the next level, which I mean, he I, I already felt like he was taking that game to the next level. If he somehow is putting up 22 points and 12 rebounds and five of and you know, put up crazy numbers like that, then it really doesn't matter. But um, he is definitely a stalwart that's going to keep Alexander as a favorite in pretty much every 6-8 game they play this year. Um, but they do graduate a, a, a ton of Milan Kennedy, uh, Noah Melson, 
Marvin McGee, just you lose at length, even in the backcourt. Um, but of course, Alexander, they did pick up some transferred. Alan Stoddard, six foot six, averaged close to 10 points and nine rebounds a game at New Manchester. Jermaine Freeman averaged 11 points a game at South Cobb. Um, but I really think the guy that's going to take a big step and really keep Alexander as a team to beat is a sophomore, Gregory Dunson. I know he uh, played some good minutes as a freshman, but he is just so mature beyond his years. Probably a good reason why his nickname is Pops. Uh, I don't even know the, the the genesis of that nickname, but to me, when I think of Pops, I think about an old man. I think about a mature person, and that's the way uh, that Dunson plays, and he's just going to be able to facilitate and pick his spots and score when needed, and he's picked up offers from Tennessee Tech and Texas State this summer, so he's a real deal, but Alexander, do I think they're a, a runaway you know, favorite that's just going to run and hide from the field? I do not think so. I think this is going to be very competitive, and I think we could see some very interesting teams that maybe not even in the preseason top 10 uh, have a chance of cracking into the Elite Eight, and who knows what happens uh, once you get deep into the season, late February, crazy things can happen. But uh, with that all being said, I, I still do think Alexander is a team that people are chasing, but uh, teams are right on their heels, I would like to think. Um Two regions that are really going to decide a a whole lot, Uh, Region 3 and Region 4. I mean, you look at Region 3, you got Jonesboro, who's ranked number 5 in the state, and then Woodward, who's ranked number 2 in the state. Jonesboro took care of business last year, but they see a a lot of guys graduate. They see their top score graduate, their second leading score, their fourth score, their fifth score, their seventh score. They see a lot of people leave. Now, Montez Redding is now a senior, and I think his little brother, Diggy, um, they're just becoming big-time football prospects. They got all these offers, but it's basketball season, and they're still really good at basketball. Um, But I'm interested to see who's going to step up alongside them. They have a couple transfers that moved in that could help out. Um, But Woodward Academy is a team that I really, really, really like. I think Zach Foster is just going to blow up this year, as he did in the offseason with offers. Uh, we're coming from Mississippi State, South Florida, Cincinnati. I think he's really gonna, going to emerge as maybe that go-to guy this year, and that's pretty impressive considering that you got uh, Deke Cooper, a six foot six junior as well that has D one offers, and then Brandon Peters, who I've always really liked, a six foot two senior guard uh, that averaged fourteen points per game. So that's a great three man core right there. So I'll be interested to see. Um, Jonesboro, I know they always get after it with their athleticism and their defense, and maybe sometimes it's not as pretty as some other teams, but Coach Mailman always has that team ready to make it a dogfight, make it ugly, and really just muck it up when need be. And they do have some talented basketball players as well, um, but they're just going to get after you just like a pit bull in a dog ring. Um, just going to really try and maul you. So you got to be up to the task. Woodward Academy is going to have to strap up for those games against Jonesboro, no matter who is wearing a Jonesboro uniform. And then, of course, Region 4. I mean, my, 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 Riverwood and St. Pius. Riverwood opens up number three in the state. St. Pius, number four. Riverwood, of course, with the top two scores, uh, I guess the top scoring tandem in the state of Georgia. Karis Bilal and Jalen Leonard, who's really – uh, erupted this offseason. Both of those guys averaging uh, a combined over 45 points per game. Both of them over 22 points per game. Both of them legit D1 players, of course, below. Committed to Vanderbilt. And then uh, J.R. Leonard is picking up some high major offers along with mid-major. So those two guys can put the ball in the basket. I do think they have some help 
uh, alongside them as well. Jesse Graves is a good, long, athletic guard. Caleb Bilal is getting better scoring the ball. And then Justin Stewart's just a good-looking six foot five athlete that is still in the mix. And then for St. Pius, uh, they're really, really young. But that uh, sophomore class has a lot of... A lot, a lot to like. Tobias Brinkley's a big guard. Demarley Elliott, Harris Reynolds. Uh, they just have talent. One of their most talented, if not their most talented class uh, in recent memory. Uh, it Maybe not history. Who knows, possibly, with what they can end up being. But this 2026 class is special, and they still have some other good pieces um, that are upperclassmen as well to help out. So Riverwood versus St. Pius, I expect those to be some battles. Now, quickly into the teams that just missed in Class Six. Say, how about River Ridge, twenty-one and eight, knocked off Langs and Hughes with that buzzer beater last year in the state tournament. Uh, this team is legitimately pretty much all seniors, and they are big. And these guys have waited their time. You know, some of these guys played a little bit more than others, um, but they're all seniors now. And they are big. They can go six foot seven with Garrett Fettinger, more of a, a combo forward type player. Wesley Harrison's listed at six foot six. Matthew Gordon, again, more of like a wing type player, but six foot six. Ian Helms is six foot four. And then Dylan James, again, another one of these combo inside out guys. Dylan James, cut of stone, rock solid, a workout warrior, just a monster in the weight room, is six foot five. And we'll finally have a chance to really show what he can do full time. But the thing for me is the guard play. Do they have the guard play? I know they got all the bigs, but guard play is going to be crucial between Ryland Stollard and Brent Sine, two guards. But a late addition from New York, Joe Danisey, might be saying that incorrect, but he comes over from New York. He looks good. This is a guard that is about six foot tall. Again, another senior can stroke it from deep, has a little cut to him, a little athleticism, brings some Northeastern toughness to the table. He could be a godsend for this River Ridge team just to add another ball handler and another guy that can stretch the floor and shoot from the perimeter. So River Ridge, very interesting team. Do not sleep on them. And next up, Gainesville. Gainesville, 14-11 last year. This is pretty much an entirely new roster behind Charlemagne Gibbons, who came over from Newton. Five transfers file into the city school. Um, and when you look at what they can put out on the floor, um, this is a very solid product. I mean, you're talking about coming out of Region 8, where you got Lanier was 26-5 and five last year. They get crushed by transfer and graduation, and some stuff isn't all the way sorted out over there. So we will see what that looks like. Shiloh, 15-15 and 15 a year ago. They have some talent, um, and they're currently ranked number 8 in the state. But I don't know. I think Region 8 is really up for grabs. I know Lanier's number 6 in the preseason, and Shiloh's number 8. But I wouldn't really count out Gainesville as really contending for um, one of those top three seeds, obviously. But playing for a region championship, that could possibly be something that could happen. Uh, and going back to that strong product you can put on the floor, Charlie Gershmel, who has, a, I believe, a Kennesaw State offer, a six foot seven post player that's one of the best young forwards in the state of Georgia going into his sophomore season. So he's in the fold. You add Trey Rhodes that can jump out of the gym. Um, comes from Norcross. Will provide elite athleticism. Brandon Nelson moves in uh, following his pops. 
uh, at, from Morgan County, who played a significant role last year. Amari Chapman, who I believe was at Lanier at one point, then ended up at Old Swanee Christian and averaged about 30 points per game over there. So that's the guy that at least knows how to score the ball. Jack Collins uh, spent some time at Lakeview Academy. He's over there. And then you have two holdovers that can play as well. Ellis Pitts, I really like him, a 6'4", almost 6'5", guard on the perimeter. Uh Pretty solid athlete, can score from multiple levels. I like him. And then Octavian Bop Demery, another guy that about six foot three, but you can just place him wherever you want to place him. He's an athlete. He's going to be able to make plays, can do some things defensively. So Gainesville, don't be surprised if you see Gainesville really turn this thing around quickly with a pretty much entirely new roster um, entering the fold over there. And then, of course, with the ace in their back pocket and assistant coach Jamie Brooks to really get them tight on defense. Gainesville, definitely a team to keep an eye on, a team that if all those pieces come together, don't be surprised if you see the Red Elephants rise to prominence quickly over there in Gainesville. Moving on to Class 5A, uh, it's not very hard to tell what the storyline is looking like heading into this season. Uh, Region 2 and Region 5 are going to decide a whole lot. I I know Kell is obviously the number one ranked team in the state coming out of Region 6, but you're talking about shots on goal. The more opportunities you have in the top 10, if the top 10 is somewhat accurate, the more chances you think you could see one of these teams take a deep run. Um, Both of these regions, Region 2 and Region 5, have four teams apiece in the top 10. Region 2, of course, number 2, Eagles Landing, number 4, Dutchtown, number 9, Warner Robins, and number 10, Union Grove. And that's not even mentioning a tough team like Jones County who took a, a, a somewhat of a Cinderella-type run to the Final Four last year when they got red hot at the right time, um, but was always a really good team, uh, although they do graduate a ton of pieces, so that's why they're on the outside looking in to start the season. And then in Region 5, you got number three, Maynard Jackson, number six, Chapel Hill, number seven, Mays, and number eight, Tri-Cities. Uh, it is just going to be a real slobber knocker. And again, expect these to change uh, throughout, especially um, Region 5. I mean, all those teams ended up pretty much beating each other uh, throughout the year. There's always a lot of transfers over in that in that region. Uh, so that can really change things. So it kind of depends on okay, which team can gel the quickest or which team is going to uh, reach their peak at the right time. You know, if you have a multitude of tranches that come in, you might not be hot to start the year. Um, but once you get to that second half of the season, once you get past Christmas time, um, maybe that's when you see, okay, now we're starting to learn how to play with one another and really round into form. So keep an eye on that. Uh, in Region 2, I would say that I believe Dutchtown and Eagles Landing uh, – Seem like a cut above the rest of that region right now. Um, really think Dutchtown has a chance if Dutchtown can make sure they have enough guard play be- uh, besides Austin Mosley Weems, who I really like a lot. If they have some other uh, quality guards that can step up to go around him, I think they can definitely contend with Eagles Landing because Eagles Landing, I know they're going to be quick, they're going to be fast. Uh, Clark Masson's a really good guard, but they do lose David Thomas, and you can't overstate that enough. Like, that is a Uh, a historical figure I almost feel like at Eagles Landing with just how doggone good he was his entire career over there Um, but the cupboard is far from barren and of course they do pick up some transfers 
to uh, bolster that group. Uh, so those are two great uh, regions that are going to be um, nip and tuck all throughout. Um, Maynard Jackson back over talking about Region 5. You know, you got Makai Turner. I think he could emerge as possibly the player of the year in that uh, region. I just love how the Kennesaw State commit is just such a tough offensive threat, can score in the face-up game, but has really nice footwork and nice uh, post moves to score around the basket, blocks so many shots. Um, Chapel Hill has great athleticism on the perimeter and a lot of length there as well. Mays, of course, if Tyler Baldwin-Hughes is eligible. I mean, you add him to Darren Lindsey in the backcourt. Those are two guards that can flat out go, and they have some guys that can play above the rim as well alongside them. And then Tri-Cities, um, pretty much everybody graduated last year from Tri-Cities, and there's a lot of new pieces in the fold. Um, but, of course, they were able to snatch up uh, Jalen Wingfield from Thomas County Central, and you you plug and play him in the in the combo forward post position. He's going to be an impactful player, and uh, I think Malik Johnson's ready to get back to scoring a lot of points like he did before he transferred to Tri Cities. Uh, he can just flat out go really wired to score super quick, um, but they do have some stuff they need to sort out as far as new roles and new pieces in place because a lot of these guys, I mean, shoot, one of the, the, the best things I wrote was very interesting. No other returner other than Malik Johnson, I believe, averaged over three points per game. So there are some things to be figured out, but definitely a ton of talent at Tri-Cities to make a run at it. And then in Region 2, we'll bounce back again. We talked about Eagles Landing in Dutchtown a little bit. Um, but Warner Robins, I think Warner Robins, this is a veteran group. They have Nice pieces there. They might not have that superstar power that maybe Eagles Landing. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say Eagles Landing has that superstar power, but they have a lot of guys that can really flat out play. Uh, Warner Robins, they do have some veterans, though, and I think Cam, uh, my man Cam Perkins can really, really, really go. I love the lefty with how good he's been throughout his career, average over 15 points per game. He's just a creator that makes everyone around him better. They got a lot of other guys back. Gabe Jacobs is back. Jaden Burns, I saw him a lot over the offseason. I think he's going to play a key role at six foot four, and then got some big guys inside that can help out. And Judd Anderson, I'm not banking on him playing the six foot six uh, Jones County transfer uh, that started his career at Ridgeland. Um, he's committed to play quarterback at Miami, and goodness gracious, uh, the Miami Hurricanes—they do need a quarterback. They're not very good, so he might see some playing time very early on. He picked a good school. Um, to play quarterback at, um, but he, I wouldn't expect him or bank on him playing. But if he does decide to suit up, that would be a, a nice six foot six big guy that can help rebound. But I wouldn't bank on it for Warner Robbins. But even if he doesn't play, they got enough other football players and just good athletes. And Jay Johnson, a guy I really like as a six foot three wing type guard player. Um, Warner Robbins is going to be good. And then Union Grove, um, new head coach Ira Healy steps in. After Union Grove took that trip to the Elite Eight, uh, they have a lot of interchangeable forwards. Obviously, you got guys like Niall King is very good, can play in the post, six foot five, stretched out to about fifteen feet. I really like Caleb Samples. I think he's their breakout candidate this year. I think he might be their. Uh, possibly their best prospect just because he can shoot from the perimeter and he can do some damage around the rim. Chase Williamson's a big guard. 
Uh, Jason Isaac moves in from Jonesboro. Tamar Colley, Brandon Simmons. Uh, those guys will have to play some big, big minutes in the backcourt and really give them some added production on the perimeter. But Union Grove, uh, a solid team. If they can come together quickly, I do think they have enough athleticism, just enough size. And I think the guard player, if they can take a step forward, uh, they could be a competitive team. Now to talk about the teams that just missed the top 10. Bradwell Institute, 16-9 and last season, the Region 1 uh, were they the Region 1 champs? I think they might have been. Yes, the Region 1 champs. Um, their top three players are set to return. Elijah Thurman, I believe, was the Region Player of the Year, a big football player, about six foot five. I'm not sure if he's committed anywhere to, to play it for football, but I think he's like a three or a four star prospect. Um, so if he's on the hardwood, that's going to help. He averaged over 16 points and 13 rebounds per game. Tashawn Frazier, a good guard, close to 12 points and four assists. And then the X factor that could really put them over the top is a sophomore, Christopher Perry. About 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, long, athletic, can do a lot. Really like what I saw out of him over the summer as transitioning to even more of a guard-type player, having the ball in his hands, making decisions. Uh in transition as a facilitator, um, can cover a lot of ground defensively. If he continues to get better and better and better, he is that guy that you could pin and say, this guy right here, if Chris is able to take his game to the next level, whether it's this year or next year, whenever, um, but if he continues to get better and better, he could really lift Bradwell Institute into becoming a team that you don't want to see in the state playoffs because I think he has that upside in him. I know he has that talent. If he unlocks it, you're talking about a kid that could probably give you about 14 points, eight rebounds, three or four assists, and block maybe a shot or two a game. He could do a lot of good stuff on the floor for Bradwell Institute. But uh, the Tigers have to prove they can play with teams from up in the metro Atlanta area. They got clobbered by, I believe it was Jones County last year in the first round by about 19 points. 20, 19 points or so. Um, so they had to do much better. But they do have a senior group back, and if they run it back and learn from their mistakes, I think Bradwell Institute is a team that has enough on paper to where it makes sense that they could potentially make it into the top 10. A couple other teams quickly. Swinging over to Region 4, Tucker was 19-8. and eight. They return uh, a co-region player of the year in Josiah Lawson, who averaged over 18 points and 10 rebounds per game. Six foot six four. That plays a little bit of inside, a little bit of outside. Um, just a guy that you could pretty much play. It feels like three through five at the high school level. Uh, Kyrie Dunn is going to be back as well. And then Cord Nealon, who I believe started his career at Morrow, possibly somewhere like that. Um, then went to some prep school and uh, apparently he is back in the fold at Tucker. If he is eligible, he could just be another nice veteran piece to add in to the roster. And then Decatur, Decatur, they lose Quay Wallace. Um, that's a big loss left for Columbia, a really good player, but I, I do like Decatur's core. I thought they looked pretty Pretty good in the GBCA event in June. You got two seniors in Luke Brooks and Alden Daniels. Brooks is about a six foot four shooting guard. Of course, he can shoot the ball. And then Alden Daniels, about six five, six six, a nice stretch forward that can open up the floor. Uh, pretty smooth game to him. That's a guy that I would uh, like to assume if people know about him, which I had a heck of a hard time even finding out any information on him. Um, you know, in the June months, nothing on Twitter, nothing on Max Preps. They had the same name as a kid that graduated 
a couple years ago, but that's neither here nor there. But Alden Daniels is the name I was told he can play, and I would think Division three schools would definitely be after him. Um, but he's a good player as well. The guy that I think really can stir the drink for this squad is Bryce Housen, a sophomore guard. Just looked really uh, unbothered by the defense and the games I saw. Just uh, a cool, calm demeanor. He can put the ball in the basket, but more importantly, he can run the offense and get the ball where it needs to go. So I like that three-man core right there from Decatur, and I'm sure they got a couple other guys I just don't know intimately enough to speak on. Um, but the Bulldogs are going to be pretty good, and they should be a contender in Region 4. And then lastly, we will touch on one more team, Winder Barrow, 20-9 and nine a season ago. I know they graduate uh, Jeremiah Hallway, who is a superstar, but the next big thing is coming up, and Jaron Samuel averaged 12 points per game as a freshman. I would not be surprised to see him uptick that by maybe four more points. Talk about scoring anywhere from that 15 to 18 point per game range. I think he's going to have a big, big season and have Winder Barrow super competitive. And uh, I, I would feel like probably a favorite in Region 8. I know Eastside's really tough, but they graduated a lot. Clark Central has Marcus Gillespie, who's a phenomenal scorer. Uh, and they look good in the offseason, but they're still coming off like a five-win season. A um, couple other teams, Heritage Conyers was just decimated by transfers. Jefferson still rebuilding, same with Loganville. And then Flowery Branch, the same. Uh, but Winderbarrow, a lot in place there. Uh, in the backcourt, uh, Tyron Sims is a senior, a veteran that will help out a ton. I know that much. Zay Nunley, a six foot six senior that can protect the basket. You add in Jaden Baskin, about six five, six six himself from Athens Christian, where he averaged ten points, ten rebounds, and two blocks. So those are two big bodies that can go up and get the ball. And then J.D. Estime, uh, or Estime, however you want to pronounce that last name, I'm no good at it. Uh, I hear that he has had a really good offseason. I believe he's a new addition to the program as well. So there are pieces in place for the dogs to make some noise, and I do like that inside-out duo, especially of Jaron Samuel and Jaden Baskin. Over in Class 4A now, is the gap widening between Pace Academy and the field? I love a classification where there's a lot of parity, and it feels like it's anybody's ball game, and you know you never know what can happen, but I do think that the gap is widening. I mean, you're talking about a Pace Academy team that even after losing Bryson Tiller, uh, who left to play, what, in the OTE League or wherever he jumped off to uh, leaving the program, uh, it wasn't necessarily on paper one of Pace Academy's like greatest teams ever. They still obviously had a ton, a ton of talent. And they still just rolled their way to the state title pretty easily. Finished 25-7, and 66-54 win over Fayette County. They were in complete control that entire game. And now you have expected at least four of your top five players back. Eric Chatfield actually led the team in scoring at 12 points per game. You got the Central Florida commit, Kyle Green. Averaged over 11 points and six assists per game. University of Chicago commit, LJ Moore, 10 points, 6 rebounds. Um, and that, that's the thing with Pace County. They really beat up teams with LJ Moore inside. And then Chandler Bing, who's another six foot six uh, junior, has picked up some Division I offers this offseason. 
Those guys are tough. MJ Madison's continuing to get better heading into his sophomore season. Jackson Ferry's still a projectable shooter with great size on the perimeter. So there's just so much still in the fold over there for Pace Academy. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. Um, you look at what else is going on in that classification. McDonough's still going to challenge them. They're definitely going to challenge them, nip and tuck, all throughout the season in Region 5. But McDonough, they graduate their top three players. They're still going to be aggressive. They're still going to be good. But I just don't know if they have that proven firepower just yet to beat a team like Pace Academy that just has everybody back, essentially. So I do feel like the field is uh, very much so uh, chasing Pace Academy. I know there's some good teams that could sneak up on you. And all it takes is a strong 32 minutes in uh, February to knock off a team and upset um uh, uh, Pace Academy and to, to move on to the next round and we saw Pace Academy lose in the Sweet 16 two years ago I believe it was Butler that beat them um, so anything can happen but I really just feel like Pace Academy is in a great position to repeat as state champs in class 4a now moving on to the teams that just missed the top 10 in class 4a you know a team that I I like I I like and I think even from a, a human perspective, even if you don't watch basketball, I think this could be a team that you root for when you get to learn about their story, is New Hampstead. They were 12-14 and 14 a season ago. They graduate um, one player, or they're, they're, I guess, well, they graduate one of their top players, who was, a, their, I believe, their only first team selection in Region 3. But Coach Jeffrey Williams, a very good guy, you know, he suffered a stroke last year. I believe they said um, it might have been around February, if I'm not mistaken. They just had the story come out over there in that Savannah area. But he, he he's battled back from having a stroke, nearly lost his life. And now he's back, you know, regaining his speech and his movements and everything. And don't don't take that for granted that their players, they, they saw their coaches' uh, mortality flash before uh, their eyes. So I think they're going to go out there and really want to uh, lay it all on the line uh, for Coach Williams. And this New Hampstead team, they have a good chunk back and they they beat some pretty solid teams throughout the year last year. And obviously at the end of the season, everything just went haywire, uh, losing their head coach. But New Hampstead coming out of Region 3, Benedictine made it to the Final Four at 18-6 and six last year. Um, obviously Caleb Jones is going to be a, a huge threat averaging 21 points per game Burke County always has some athletes Southeast Bullet graduates a lot um, so I think there's some some noise to be made for New Hampstead um, but what do they have back they have Antoine Humans, Tolan Daughtry, Rashawn Truell who's a football superstar who I believe signed an NIL deal and is lighting it up as a quarterback but those are three good guards right there. Truell is a, a sharpshooter from beyond the arc, can really fill it up. Uh, I went down to Savannah last year. I think he hit maybe seven threes in the one game I saw. So I like him. You got some athleticism on the wing and Contavious Woodbury. Um, Oliver Hoff, uh, Hoffman is a good swing man, about six foot four, that had some big games last year. So you have a ton back. But I think the player that can really put them over the top is Coach Williams' son. A.J. Williams, a freshman, a big body guard that can play all over the floor. Been playing with the Atlanta Celtics over the offseason for a few years. 
this kid is going to make an immediate impact, and he's just going to be able to help out rebound. He's going to be able to create off the dribble. He's going to be able to get to the basket. He's going to score. If Mr. Williams is as good as what I've been told and what I've seen in the past, you add in a potential, maybe not this year as far as being termed a star, but a kid that is certainly coming uh, and coming on strong in that Savannah area, uh, I think New Hampshire could very well uh, be contending for a Region 3 title. And if they have everyone in place and everyone comes back and everyone stays healthy, I like the Phoenix to rise. And I like the Phoenix to make some noise and potentially win a Region 3 title or at least be nip and tuck right there with Benedictine or whoever else. So don't sleep on New Hampstead. I think this is a good team with a lot coming back. Next up, Westside Macon, 20-8. and eight. Talk about a team that does not have a lot coming back. They graduated their top three players, which combined for 43 points per game. But they do add three transfers, and I think they're going to be big transfers. Joshua Harden comes over from Howard along with six foot six Chauncey Williams. Joshua Harden's a guy that the underground has been speaking about for years. I know Har- uh, Howard's not been very good. I know they were a little bit better last year. Um, but this is a kid that's made some noise over the travel ball circuit for the past couple of years. Long, athletic, a guy that just knows how to put the ball in the basket. I think Joshua Harden is a opportunistic scorer that could be a guy that really breaks out his junior season. Again, Chauncey Williams at six foot six that helps out a ton. You add in Christian Little as well from Mary Persons. Um, I think that's a, a guy that's been getting better and better and better. And then you have some senior holdovers in Rasheem Rondon and Jaquavius Marshall should be back as well. So I do think Westside Macon coming out of a competitive Region 2, um, they're going to be a team to keep an eye on. But there's some other teams in Region 2, which is going to make this a real dogfight. And one of those other teams is Spalding. How about Spalding? 16-12, and 12, had a nice season last year. Again, uh, once you get to this kind of geographical area of the state, you have a lot of multi-sport athletes, especially football. Kurtavian Clark, um, they need him on the hardwood. He averaged over 17 points per game. I think he's a, a stud that does not get enough credit as far as what he does on the basketball court. I like him to lead this team. They have their top three players back supposedly, if everyone's back like they should be, and all those top three players are seniors. Cedric Evans averaged 14 points and almost 10 rebounds per game. A senior, Xavier Phillips, 10 points per game. And then the sophomore, Bahi Daniels, uh, was the region co-region freshman of the year over there at Spalding. So a lot is back for the Jaguars. So that is a team that's going to have something to say. And then, of course, Baldwin. They're going back to Baldwin and it wasn't too far back they need to hearken to because they won a state title, uh, what, two, three years ago. The Braves have Ben Smith coming over from Dublin, uh, really re-energizing that program, not to say that they needed it by any means. Um, Anthony Webb did a tremendous job over there. Um, but it's just a new leadership, a younger guy, and he's going to have some talent in the backcourt. Isaiah Dennis and Trey Lawrence should both be there. Dennis averaged 17 points per game before um, you know he – left the team played only just six games and then Trey Lawrence he was the guy that really really stepped up last year averaged 15 points per game I think Baldwin is going to be very very competitive as they always are so keep an eye on Baldwin Spalding and West Side Macon in region two to compete to win that region and of course whoever wins that region 
is going to have an opportunity to crack into the top 10. And then lastly, one more team, Miller Grove. I was high on them last year. Uh, they were 16 and 13. That ended up being just a really competitive region. Everybody beat everybody in region six at nine team region, it felt like. But if everyone's back, which it seems like they should be, Tyson Mathis is good, Marion Hopkins, Xavier Lewis, and Corey Young. Those are four good players that are all back. And then Lewis, uh, Xavier Lewis is just a junior. The other three are seniors. So a team that has some experience is going to be tough contending with Holy Innocence, who opens up the season, ranked number three in the state. Uh, Southwest Cab won a ton of games last year, went 25-3. and three. Um, Druid Hills is maybe in a bit of a rebuild, but Westminster's a team that's on the come up. Stevenson always has some guys that can play in Hapeville Charter is always very competitive as well. Um, but keep an eye on Miller Grove, but they can kind of piece it all together. They do have a very strong backcourt that could lead to a lot of wins this year. Down in class three, make no bones about it. There is an arms race going on in region five. You saw region five with just four teams last year. But three of those four teams made it to the final four, including state champion Sandy Creek defeating Cedar Grove. And then you look at how that shakes out this year. Sandy Creek is number one in the state, Douglas number two, and Cedar Grove is number three. And pray for Carver Atlanta, who was winless last year, but of course <laughs> clinched a state playoff berth by getting the bus uh, into the arena to play their first round game. So congratulations. But this is going to be an all-out war in this classification this year. Uh, there's been some transfers, obviously. Sandy Creek, for the most part, everyone is really kind of back. They have four starters back. Micah Smith, of course, is going to James Madison, the six foot seven, six foot eight swingman. Amari Brown, very good lefty, back for his senior season. P.J. Green is a Missouri baseball commit, but I would expect that he is back playing as well. And uh, they have a couple other pieces that are in the fold that have plenty of experience to boot. Now, when you look at the other teams that they are competing with, or I guess are um, competing with them, uh, Douglas opens up number two. Douglas, they picked up some big transfers in the offseason Douglas added R.J. Weingartner, an all-state selection, a six-foot-six forward from Fulton Leadership. That is a huge addition. Noah Treadwell, who has D1 offers as well as Weingartner, comes over from Washington. So you add those two guys into the mix with an already strong core that is, for the most part, coming back from Douglas. I know they graduate three through eight, but they do have the Mikhail brothers back, Josh and Jacob, two good players that averaged over double figures last season. You add in Weingartner, who averaged 17 points and six rebounds. You add in Treadwell, um, who averaged close to 14 points per game. And Douglas is going to be very, very good. And they're hyped up. They're doing some fun stuff in the community over there. That program has a breath of fresh air breathed into it. And they are going to be a tough team to beat. And, of course, you can't forget about Cedar Grove. Jaden Scott has transferred over to Cedar Grove. Dontavia Stringfield as well. Those guys are added to the mix with Manny Green, of course, a six foot six. Uh, freshman of the year in the classification last year, a big-time player that has a chance to be, uh, if not the best freshman, well, I guess sophomore now in the state of Georgia, very close to it. So he's a big-time player. 
You have a lot of other pieces coming back. E.J. Colson, the star quarterback, committed to UCF for football back after averaging 12 points per game. And then Nathaniel Lloyd's kind of like a, a role player that chipped in about four points per game. I expect him to be back as well. So it's going to be fun. I think uh, Class 3 is going to run through Region 5 uh, with those four teams in it, and especially, of course, those top three teams that go 1-2-3 to open up the year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anyone can compete. Uh, with Sandy Creek. I know the rosters look a little bit different, but they just clobbered those teams. I mean, Sandy Creek, they beat Cedar Grove four times last year by an average of almost 28 points per game, and then they beat Douglas twice right on the nose by 28 points per game. So uh, those are their final four teams, and the one state runner-up in Cedar Grove, they did not even compete with Sandy Creek last year. New faces on both of those rosters. Um, It will be interesting to see uh, how much that helps against the Sandy Creek team, as we mentioned, pretty much has all their key pieces back. Uh, we will see. That should be fun. Uh, teams that just missed in the top 10 to open up the season in Class 3A. Monroe area, 24-5. and five. Uh, Made it to Sweet 16 last year. Had their top three-point shooter roll his ankle in, pre, or in pregame warm-ups. Ended up losing to Cedar Grove close in a game that was nip and tuck throughout. Uh, they graduate seven seniors. Vontae Newell is one of the best passing point guards in the state of Georgia. Uh, I just worry about who is going to score on the other side of those Newell passes. Uh, they graduate Jeremiah Littleman Anderson, who averaged about 18 points and eight rebounds per game. That is a huge loss. Uh, Newell's a great slasher. He's been getting better and better with his jump shot, but who is ready to catch the ball? And there were some ups and there were some downs, as you would expect to see over the summer months, uh, getting prepared for guys that are going to be stepping into new roles uh, this upcoming season. I think Katie Dawson really was a positive sign uh, this offseason. He emerged as one of their most consistent scorers. I think he pretty much over over the, the summer probably led the team in scoring in all the games I saw, just a, a quality guard that can score in a variety of ways. I think Javen Todd's going to have to play a huge role as a six foot seven stretch forward. He's going to have to knock down shots, but I want to see him provide some offense in the post at times. And maybe if he can create a little bit, get more dynamic with the ball in his hands, um, become more of just a catch and shoot shooter, that would help a lot. And then I think Trip Griffith uh, saw a lot of big reps over the summer. Six foot five, a guy that's going to compete inside, rebound, and score some dirty work baskets. But I just want to know who is going to be the consistent score. I know Newell, you're going to be asking a lot of him. He goes from averaging about 10 points per game. He's probably going to be pushed to, you know, hey, I need you to get me about 15 points per game. 15 points and five assists, we'd be in good shape if you're a Monroe area fan. Um, but KD Dawson is going to be that key guy that can play on and off the ball in the backcourt. And then, as I mentioned, who else is going to score the ball for Monroe area? And they're in that Region 8. Region 8 maybe a, a tad bit down with Hart County losing Taj Johnson. Uh, I think they'll still be a, a, a good team that gets after it. Oconee County, they graduate a lot of their top guys. Stevens County, all those football players, they graduate a, a handful of players as well. Franklin County saw their best player transfer in uh, the, at the end of the last season. And then Hebron Christian, who opened up the season, ranked in the top 10 uh, 
opening up at number nine. Uh, so Hebron Christian and Monroe area, it looks like those two teams will be battling uh, throughout the year for supremacy in Region 8. Uh, but Monroe area, they got good pieces in place. But again, you lose a lot of seniors. I just want to see who is going to score the ball and can Vontae Newell be a leader his senior year. I think that's the biggest thing for this Monroe area team to keep everybody together. I have a feeling they're going to lose more than five games this season. Probably not going to be at that same peak as last year, but that does not mean that they're not going to be a good team. But it all comes down to if adversity hits the Purple Hurricanes, can their leader, Vontae Newell, can he be a leader? I guess I should say, can he keep that ship in the right direction? Next up, Monroe. So we're talking about two Monroe teams, Monroe area and then Monroe over in Albany. 21-8 and last season. They have... Justin Burns back, their best player who averaged over six points or 16 points and seven rebounds per game. Just a really springy swing man that can really impact games on both ends of the court. Block shots, rebounds, obviously, and can score the ball, uh, especially on putbacks and getting to the rim off the dribble. And then another player, uh, Lorenzo Still, the guard, averaged seven points per game. He looked good when I saw him at GBCA Live. Uh, they got some pieces they need to fill in a couple voids that were left with graduation. Uh, but I do think Monroe is always a team that is a, a team that is going to compete, going to be athletic and get after you as all those teams in South Georgia do. So I'm looking at Monroe as a potential team that breaks into the top 10 at some point, but it will be tough because Doherty opens up the season ranked pretty high at number five. Um, Crisp County just saw their best player transfer to Lee County which will leave a huge void for Crisp. That's going to kind of erase some a little bit. And uh, Thomasville, they graduated their star player. Uh, so things are a-changing in Region 1, and I still think Monroe is going to be able to compete and be near the top of the table if you're a soccer fan in Region 1. And then lastly, we'll touch on two teams from Region 7, Gilmer County, 19-10 and 10 last year. They are a very long team. Not a lot of teams have as much size as uh, Gilmer does, especially when you have the seven-footer in Jackson McVeigh heading into his junior season, picked up some D1 offers this offseason, averaged over 19 points and 12 rebounds per game while blocking close to three shots per game. He's starting to fill out in his body. Um has some nice post moves, just has to be ball strong when teams try to dig down in the post. Uh, can't put the ball down at that guard level too much because those scrappy little guys will knock it away. But Jackson McVeigh obviously is going to alter everything in the paint. And if you can get him some over-the-top lobs and let him go to work on one-on-one -on -one matchups, which I doubt he's going to see a ton of, I would assume teams were going to want to double the post. Um, but if he does have that single coverage opportunity, Jackson McVeigh is going to have a big, big season. And they have some other size. Ryder Wofford's a six foot four guard. Cohen Davis is listed at six foot six. And then Keegan Bryant is a point guard that has a very bright future and could really step up in year two. And then the other team out of Region 7 is Wesleyan, 21 and 8, a veteran team. Josh Cavell is a very good player. Very, very good guard. One of the toughest players in that area. Doesn't maybe get as much credit as he should uh, among other Gwinnett County guards, even though Gwinnett County is obviously loaded with talent. But um, Josh Cavill can really, really play. Tough guy that hits big shots, does it at both ends of the floor, 
and at all levels offensively. And then James McGriff, six foot seven combo forward, creates mismatches inside and out. That's a nice little tandem there. Um, they got Gillis back as well, so look out for Wesleyan to contend. And Region 7, it's wide open, folks. Pickens County, they're going to be feeling good with Bob Martin taking over the program. Got some new blood in there. Uh, White County, Jaden Ye has graduated, so you got to think they're going to take a, a substantial drop off, even though they had a, a, a couple nice young players last year. West Hall, they have a transfer that moved in. They'll be a little bit longer now. Lumpkin County, they still have Mr. Faulkner that can put the ball in the basket at all times. And then Dawson County, a team that's still trying to trend in the right direction. So 7A is wide open, but I really do think it starts with Gilmer and Wesleyan. And if one of those two teams can really emerge head and shoulders above the rest, it just can't be uh, head above the rest. you got to be head and shoulders above the rest in that region. You might be able to see one of these Region 7 teams crack into the top 10. Over down here in Class 2A, my question is, can Westside Augusta reload the two-time defending state champs they graduate their top three scores Kalon Hudson was just a phenomenal player they need to build his statue for what he was able to do over the course of his career over there um, DeMarco Middleton is a holdover Xavier Goss another starter so they do have two starters back but are they able to reload can they win a very tough region four once again but again more importantly uh, that's just peanuts over there in Region 4. Their big site is on a three-peat in the state championship. Can they get back there again? Well, um, they have some pieces in place that we'll talk about quickly, but it doesn't hurt when you add Levanta Ivory in. Uh, and a multi-time All-State guard that came from Thompson was supposed to go to Augusta Christian. Or they did not let him in because of tattoos. If that hearsay is correct, that is uh, uh, Augusta Christian's loss. And that is a major boon for Westside Augusta and a little bit of a dagger in the heart of Thompson considering that that is a region opponent that Levanta Ivory is now playing with. Um, so that makes that DeMarco Middleton and Levanta Ivory, that's going to be a dynamic, fun-to-watch, high-octane back court so west side augusta is going to be very tough but they have some pieces in place that are going to make an impact dontrell jackson the sophomore made some big plays as a freshman in the state championship game last year that key steal late in the game that helped kind of ice it knock down some free throws as well expect him to have a big season bobby blackwell should be back a six foot six senior that played sparingly but just provides some length and a little bit of athleticism aldrion jones and uh also jarius adkinson both of those guys they played well over the summer i guess i guess you can say the spring in june at the gbca both of those guys really upped their scoring production and then how about Javen Webb, a sophomore? This guy, I saw him at the Prep Hoops Top 250 Expo. He can jump out of the gym about six foot four. Javen Webb, if you can uh, develop his skill set, maybe extend him out to become more of a wing and a ball handler. But right now, he's just a guy who can stick in there, get within 10 feet or so, hop around and make things happen on the backboards and defensively. So no shortage of athleticism, no shortage of promising prospects over there at Westside Augusta, but they will have their hands full 
Obviously, Butler's ranked number three in the state to open up the year. Westside Augusta's ranked number two. You got Thompson, who's in the poll at number six. Putnam County's always got guards that can score the ball, even though they got hurt with transfer and graduation. Um, but Westside Augusta, maybe not as much of a no-brainer as a, the, the pick to come back and win another state title, but sure as heck with Levanta Ivory uh, transferring over there, uh, they're chances of winning a state title definitely jumps right back up to where maybe not where it was last year but back to that opportunity of uh, being a team you do not want to play come the state tournament time so west side uh, the patriots still extremely dangerous with those pieces they have in place now class 2a one of the most fun classifications to dissect last year because we had teams from all over the map north south middle everywhere that converged and had great seasons and we tried to figure out who is who we had what maybe like three defending state champions that were in the classification last year after we reclassified um we kind of understand what the classification looks like now with graduation and a year under our belts with it um, but there's still some good teams outside of the top 10 windsor forest 23 and 7 a season ago windsor forest uh, playing in Region 3, where they were able to knock off Idalia, knock off Toombs County, Tattnall County. Uh, they made it to the Elite Eight last year, but they graduate their top three players. Now, they have Landon Page back and Sean Caballero. Both of those guys combined for about 16, 17 points per game. But the guy that could put them potentially over the top and make them back to that level of being a team that's, you know, being the team to beat in Region 3, I should say, is Raheem Manning from Dillon Christian, South Carolina. Averaged 14 points, 7 rebounds, close to 2 assists and 2 steals per game. Got to see this guy with my own two eyes. Not sure yet, but if he can kind of repeat those numbers, that will be a huge get for the Knights and can keep them atop the standings in Region 3. Another team that is a bit of a dark horse, but I think they have a lot of pieces in place to make some noise. How about in Region 5, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Coach Andretti Lloyd has a nice little stable. I liked what I saw in the one game I saw last year. They're athletic. They get after you. They play hard. They got a lot of guards. Um, they graduate a couple guys, but two through five are, are essentially back, and they add some pieces that were ineligible last year. Uh, Jaden Bone is now, now eligible, and he's a, a guy that could quickly emerge as one of their top scoring options. A good player, a bigger guard, about 6'2", 6'3". Uh, you add in Xavier Dotson, who averaged 12 points per game. Cam Warford, who averaged about 10 points per game. Joseph Reigns, over 7 points per game. Those guys get after it and can do it in the full court. Uh, but don't forget about the size that now Elka has. You got S.A. Agobay, uh, who transferred in from Green Force, about six foot seven, big old body, and then Charlie Guantillo as well, another long six foot seven forward. So I'm not sure exactly how much they will play and just their style of play, what they want to do. But you have two six foot seven options you can turn to. I think Elka is going to be a team that could come up there and compete in Region Five. Obviously, Columbia is number one in the state. They're going to be the team to beat. But look for Elka to be competitive. Landmark Christian has a nice tandem as well. Uh, that plays in the backcourt, but Elka, I just feel like with their depth and all those guys, if they're all eligible and they're ready to rock and roll, 
Uh, the Chargers could be a team that surprises some people if you're not really in the know with what this 9-17 and 17 team does have coming back. Next up, we have Model, 23-5. and five. Pretty much everyone's back, but Jaquinas Heard, the co-region player of the year. Now with Model, uh, I know they don't necessarily play a juggernaut non-region schedule, so it's kind of tough to judge. They just don't really get out there and play a whole lot of teams. But obviously, they made it to the Final Four last year. How did they make it to the Final Four? Uh, it was the Herd brothers, and it's going to depend on is Jermias Herd playing basketball this year? Six foot eight, six foot nine, mountain of a man, committed to play football at Tennessee. If he is back, Model is going to be good. Uh, they struggled a little bit in the summer and fall, especially in the fall league, uh, without their big football player inside. Um, but if they have everyone back, they have a good core. They got some guards that see. Uh, Saw invaluable minutes during their postseason run. Stevie Dallas, Noah Travis, Jaden Haynes all got to see big minutes. And then the guy that could fill in that role for Jaquinas Hurd could be Chase Allen, six foot five forward, improving young player, a little bit of inside, a little bit of outside. That's a guy that's starting to develop and could play a big role. So, model going to be a tough out. But that is only dependent on if they have Jermias Hurd inside. If they don't have him, uh, they're going to slip back to the pack a little bit more. But I do think Model is a potential team that can make a run at it again next year, dependent on how the bracket plays out. And then lastly, Region 8. I mean, really pick your poison in Region 8. Providence Christian defending um, State runner-up, 27-5 last year. They graduate pretty much everybody, but they do have Samuel Thacker back, the three-point maestro um, and co-region player of the year. So he's always going to make that team a threat. And if they can develop uh, that roster as quickly as Coach Joey Thacker did last year, um, watch out because they're always going to shoot the ball. But if they – I mean, all those guys last year took an incredible leap uh, – to their senior seasons, and if they can replicate that this year, uh, they're going to be dangerous again. But there are three other teams in Region 8 that are really good and have everybody back. And that's going to start with Union County, 19-10 and 10 last year. Now, I said everybody's back. They do lose Eli Underwood, their big six foot four post presence. Uh, and that you know that's going to hurt because Union County small. They don't have a lot of size, and they definitely don't have a double double machine walking down the hallways that I know of right now. But they did play in the Sandy Spill Fall League. They got to play uh, some great competition. A lot of athletic teams, a lot of size, a lot of teams that they're just not going to be able to replicate, and that they're not going to see in Region Eight. They played like the Whitewaters of the world and Osborne, and they might have played Carrollton. Like we had some really good teams. And uh, Union County was able to compete with them and see just uh, a lot of, you know, athleticism and size and stuff that should really prepare them, not for just Region 8, because maybe it doesn't, because Region 8 is full of teams that can absolutely shoot the ball from three. But once you get out of that region, you're going to see some big teams. And I think it was Columbia that eliminated um, Union County last year. Uh, and you need to see teams like that that can prepare you for a run in the state tournament. With all that being said, it's the junior class. It's Jude Ellis, it's Houston Henry, it's Hayden Hughes. Hughes, of course, set the school record last year as a sophomore with 92 made threes. He's a specialist. He knocks him down. Uh, Houston Henry's a, a, a great, savvy playmaker with the ball, can score uh, from distance. 
uh, and get everybody else involved. But Jude Ellis, I really like him just because he is that three-level score. He's tough. He gets stronger and stronger every time I see him. That kid's been in the weight room. Um, and gets downhill, crafty finisher, shoots a three well. It's that three-man core. Uh, now Maddox Young transferred out of state. Uh, that is going to be a, a little bit of a blow, but they do have Cade Dockery, who should be back, who provides that football toughness, a sophomore. Was a defensive specialist last year, so he will definitely help out Union County. Another team that's kind of like Union County, and again, a team that has pretty much everybody back and a team that can absolutely score the ball, go on scoring binges from beyond the arc, and that's Banks County, 19-10 and 10 a season ago. Uh, they got kids that can flat out score the ball. Colby Watson averaged 16 points per game. is about a 6'3", almost 6'4", uh, shooting guard wing type player. He's a mismatch. He can take his man into the post. He can go in the mid-range, shoot over top. He's just a flat-out scorer with his jump shot. Aaron Scott brings that jitterbug quickness, averaged 13 points, seven rebounds, three steals per game. Uh, a guy that can really get up and go in transition. And, you know, these shooters, if they know how to fill the lanes and run the floor. You get to your spots in the corner, uh, Aaron Scott's going to be able to find you, and you're going to get some transition threes. Hunter Youngblood, Luke Dale, both those guys combined for almost 17 points per game last season. If they're still in the mix, that's going to be uh, 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 more options to turn to. But Caden Watson, Colby's younger brother, uh, he was outstanding at the prep hoops top 250. I think I saw him hit about seven threes in one game. That is another flamethrower that didn't play a crazy amount last year, um, but they're going to let the redhead go, and he's going to get as hot as his hair. He can really fill it up from beyond the arc. So I do like this Leopards team. They have a lot of firepower. It's just going to come down to can they get stops defensively. They're 2-3 zone that they like to run. Sometimes they can be slow to close. That's along the three-point line. But they played a prolific three-point shooting team in Providence Christian last year. Providence, I wouldn't expect them to be as amazing as they were last year. A team that was 17-34 from beyond the arc against Westside Augusta in the state championship. Um, so I think that's even good for you know Banks County and all these other teams in Region 8 to say, we played probably the best three-point shooting team in the history of the GHSA. They can't nearly be as good as this year or as last year, this year, hopefully. Um, so they are battle-tested with defending the three-point line. Um, but defense is going to be uh, crucial for all these teams in Region 8, I would like to say, um, because we know they can shoot the ball. And then lastly, Athens Academy, 16-12. and 12. Everybody's supposed to be back. Kamel Williams flirted with going to TD Prep. Uh, should be eligible to play. Um and I don't know why he would ever consider leaving Athens Academy because they should probably build a statue of him with how good he's been over his career at Athens Academy for the Spartans. Kamel, again, a guy that's won multiple uh, all-region, region player of the year awards. He's back. And now the thing that's different with Athens Academy, uh, different from Providence Christian last year, uh, different from Banks County and Union County this year. They don't shoot the ball nearly as well as those three teams, but they do have some athleticism. They do have a well-balanced attack. Obviously, Camille Williams is a guy that's going to be able to flirt with triple doubles and double doubles with his 
Um, big time scoring and ability to get downhill and just elevate to the rim. But he's got good guards around him. Westbrook Adams is solid. Isaac Rory's a guy that just does a little bit of everything out there. KJ Whitehead uh, was impressive in the game I saw last year. And Ben Shark can put the ball uh on the floor and can score it in a multitude of ways. So there is a lot back for Coach Don Hurlbert. If they have everyone back in the fold, this 16-12 and 12 Athens Academy team, um, they're going to be really, really tough. They're battle-tested, they're experienced, and that's a team that could get into the top 10 at some point. In Class 1A, Division One, we saw the private schools dominate last year with three teams from Region 6 make it to the Final Four. We very well may see the same thing happen this year. But my question is, can number one Mount Vernon, can they handle the target on their back? Because everybody knows that is a team to beat in Class 1A Division 1. They have a ton back. They obviously have Xavier Chagog, who was great last year transferring in. Uh, he's a six foot six West Georgia commit that averaged close to fifteen and ten. You have Dennis Scott, six foot ten stretch forward, averaged thirteen points and nine rebounds when healthy. Likes to shoot the three, just an intimidating six foot ten option that you don't really get to see a whole lot at this level. And not to say that he's a shot blocker per se, but size is size, and he is a mismatch all over the floor with that size and that shooting touch. Uh, Shia Goba, I've heard he has just exploded in the offseason. I saw him last year. I liked him as an energy guy, a glue guy that did some dirty work defensively, could slash to the basket. I heard he's really taken a step forward with his offensive game. If that's true, that's very, very scary. So that's a big core three right there. You have pace bottoms, can really stroke the ball from outside the arc. But the key factor that moved in this year is Kuwain Garris Jr. Uh, Mr. K.J. Garris averaged over 20 points, six rebounds, three assists, and a steal per game at Centennial as a Region 6 5A first-teamer while shooting over 40% from the three-point line. So you add in another big guard about 6'3", 6'4", that can flat-out play all over the floor. Mount Vernon is loaded to the gills, and they need to be – in Region 6, Region 6, we have all these teams ranked. Who's ranked? We got Mount Vernon, ranked number one. We have Paideia, ranked number three, who has a, that three-headed monster with all those sophomores. If they can piece it all together, they're a wild-card team, either boom or bust last year at 9-14, <laughs> but had three wins over the top three teams in the state. Uh, you see who else is in there. St. Francis, number five in the state. A really good team. Mount Pisgah, number six in the state. Kings Ridge, number seven in the state. So what? That's about five teams right off the rip in Region 6 that are ranked in the top 10 to open up the season. And do I need to remind you, only four teams out of each region make it alive. So that is guaranteed that at least one of these preseason top 10 teams will not make the state playoffs. That is just how good Region 6 is. I think it's maybe deeper this year than it was last year, even though it was crazy deep last year. Um, but I don't know if we have the same high-end top, 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 top teams. I think Mount Vernon is, uh, it looks like, kind of, I don't know if I want to say head and shoulders, but the clear-cut favorite to win Region 6 
Last year was pretty much wide open between a lot of really good teams. But I do think everyone can agree uh, they're all chasing Mount Vernon. And Region 6 this year in Class A Division 1. And can the Mustangs, can they handle that target on their back? I know they have the talent to do so. It's just all about piecing it all together, staying healthy, and getting it done on the floor. Now, teams to keep an eye on. I, I wouldn't say they're teams that just missed the top 10. I'm going to switch it up a little bit because I think the teams that made the top 10 are pretty pretty solid, good options. Obviously, there will be some teams that are going to fluctuate in and out throughout the season. But um, these other teams, I wouldn't say they were just on the precipice of making it. But I guess if you had to rank 11 through 15 or so, these would be teams in that range. Uh, Chattooga, uh, no more Jared Gross. They're going to have a new coach on staff there that has a history, an interesting history at that. Um, he's taking over. He's got Dan Meyer and Quarry Gibson, two junior guards for an 18-10 and 10 team uh, over there at Chattooga in Region 7. I mean, Darlington should steamroll everybody. I don't think anyone's going to come close of 15 to 20 points of competing with Darlington this year. They should run away with that. Uh, region and blow everybody out so that kind of limits uh, how much you can kind of say Chattooga as a team that should be in the top 10 um, but Darlington is pretty tough this year uh, with all those guys coming back um, so Chattooga is a team that just missed or I guess I would say a team to keep an eye on wouldn't just miss but a team to keep an eye on do have some good guards back in the fold and then Mount Bethel 20 and 8 last year out of region 6 um you never know what they're going to pull up uh, with this year. They haven't really had a lot of transfers, it sounds like. Uh, they do have Will Coomjohn back. Cole Buecher's a good forward that can create mismatches, and Zach Rodine is a good athlete. Um, but there have been whispers that Mount Bethel might be hitting the uh, overseas market. They had Mo Dial last year, but then that kind of exploded in their face, and he left the program late in the season. That really kind of put a sour note on a team that was a top three team pretty much all season long. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to have any move-ins this year. There was whispers about something possibly popping off. I don't have knowledge as to if it happened or not, but if they do have an international player that moves in with some size, uh, that could really help them propel uh, into the state playoffs. But it's going to be tough for Mount Bethel. I think they have a nice little three-man nucleus, um, but everyone else in Region 6 can say the exact same thing. So they're going to be scratching and clawing their way to make it into the state tournament. It will be tough. And then one more team. How about Dublin? 20-8 and eight last year. Carlos Hope takes over the program. Came over from Washington County where he won a lot of games. Isaiah Filial was a Region 2 first teamer. Averaged 13 points per game. Uh, so Dublin, always a team that's going to win probably over 20 games and then see what happens from there. Uh, so those are three teams to kind of keep an eye on. They got some work to do to make it into the top 10. Um, but anything can happen. But it's going to be an interesting season. As we mentioned, Mount Vernon, the team to beat. Darlington with that good nucleus. Pretty much everybody coming back. Grant Hudden moving in, a six foot six lefty with a 43-inch vertical that's been connected to D1 schools. Uh, I think he's an X factor if he is aggressive and plays well. Um, 
he's that dude that can really match up with anybody across the state with his leaping ability and his skill. Damarian Floyd is a reigning Region 7 Player of the Year. Jack Bell's good, a D3 prospect. Brent Bell, I think his younger brother, a six foot four sophomore, uh, was outstanding during the Sandysville Fall League, really emerged as the team's best three-point shooter. Joe Womack's a big-time cross-country runner that can get after it on the hardwood with his lean ability to get to the basket. Just a lot of options over there um, for Darlington. Pidea, we mentioned, they got those really good sophomore guards. Savannah from down south. Makai Joyner, he has that star takeover potential. And you got Deshaun Davis inside of about six foot eight, blocking over five shots per game. Um, so there's some teams to keep an eye on here. A lot of transfers in that Region 6 with Mount Pisgah retooling their entire lineup. Kingsridge Christian, a team that you don't even recognize from last year's state championship winning uh, season. Uh, so a lot to be decided. Very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, but Mount Vernon, definitely the team to beat in Class A Division One. Lastly, we finish up with Class A Division two, it's always a wild, wild west. Uh, it's wide open, folks. I mean, last year we expected the private schools to dominate. Green Force, you have two seven-footers that are D1 players. How You can't lose. You're playing all these rural schools from down south. Well, uh, it's all about, you know, getting it done on the biggest stage. And you saw Clinch County, or not Clinch County, but Charlton County banking the three in Valdosta to knock off Green Forest. And you just got to be better for 32 minutes, and that's what Charlton County was able to do, and that really turned everything upside down. But uh, I think the private schools in Christian Heritage, obviously number one to open up the season. They have a ton back. They have the best player in, this, uh, in the state as far as that classification goes in Tribeca Nazarene commit. Uh, Jax Abernathy, the reigning Class A Division II Player of the Year, and rightfully so. 29 points per game, 5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, over 3 steals per game while shooting 48% from 3. If he stays out of foul trouble, because I know Macon County saddled him with like 4 fouls in the first half, something he's never done in his career, but somehow it happened in the state playoffs. Um, If he's on the floor, Christian Heritage can beat anybody in the state in this classification. I think they got some key pieces. Isaac Plavich is a player to keep an eye on. Uh, He really emerged at the Sandy Spill Fall League, really stepped up big time, averaged close to 17 points per game, hit 21 threes over seven weeks of action. Um, He's a big piece. Cash Hare back, of course, six foot four forward, great point forward, rebounder, strong guy. Uh, Deontay Crowder is a guy that could really take off this year as well, playing football this season. Um, but a six foot four wing, athletic, gets downhill. Just a lot of good pieces in place for Coach Tyler Watkins. And they are uh they're doing everything they can to put as many miles on their school buses as possible because they're going down to Calhoun County. I believe they're going down to Macon County to right the wrongs of last year. They're trying to play as many South Georgia teams as possible to get prepared for the refereeing and the environments that they will see come state tournament time. So we will know right away what Christian Heritage looks like as far as um, how they stack up against these South Georgia teams. Of course, Christian Heritage Uh, knocked off in the Sweet 16 last year by Macon County, a really tough program. Um, So we will know right away with them. And then Green Force on the other end, 
They graduate all that size, but again, you never know who's going to be imported into the program. I think Daniel Daramola, it is time for him to really step up. I think he has a chance at six foot eight, jumps out of the gym, a really good looking prospect. If he can piece it all together, his athleticism along with his size can be very dynamic just because he's so bouncy and so active around the rim. Uh, they got some other good players, Caleb Coella, a, a strong physical six foot five. Ford bangs inside but can stretch outside a little bit. Uh, I think the guard play is going to be big for Green Force. As I mentioned, it should have been last year. And they had some guys step up last year. But I think you're looking at a player like Elijah Lewis, a preseason All-State pick. He's going to really have to rev it up again. He averaged 11 points last year, had a really nice season. Um, but the addition of Russ White, a, a powerful six foot three wing guard forward he really can play at any position one through four on the court that's going to be a major boon he comes over from cardinal newman where he averaged over 6.6 rebounds four assists and one steal per game i got to check him out at the prep hoops top 250 expo uh he's just going to be a guy that's a bulldozer that gets the job done can shoot the three a little bit of course can rebound and defend so that is a big get for Green Force. Uh, so that that Region 7, Christian Heritage and Green Force Christian, that is uh, undoubtedly a two-horse race there. Um, interesting to see who comes out on top there, but Christian Heritage preseason number one and Green Force preseason number four. Outside of that, you know, you're looking at the rest of the state portal. This is the last run with those 2024s. Um, Elijah Coleman's been a great player for a long, long time, a multi uh, All-State selection, been All-State all four years. Joseph Thomas emerged last year as a team's leading scorer, a great jump shooter, can put the ball in the basket off the dribble with those three-point shots and those tough mid-range jumpers, just a tough shot maker. And then, again, back to football players. Amir Jackson, I believe he should be playing this year, um, but the six foot five double-double machine is a Florida tight end commit. But if he's out there, Portal's going to be rock solid, super tough, played with them all summer, so I expect him to be there. And then Marion Tremble uh, really stepped up last year, emerges that go-to guy as the fourth option. Not necessarily a go-to guy, but a guy that you could turn to in case you need some points elsewhere outside of the big three, average over 10 points per game. So I've, I've long been a big fan of this Portal team, dating back to all these kids freshman year. Um, I would like to see them make that trip to the Final Four just because I know they've been so close. They just run into Wilkinson County every year. Back-to-back seasons, they've been eliminated by Wilco. Um, But looking at this season, Wilkinson County, the defending state champs, they graduate four out of their top five starters or best players. So Wilkinson, unless they just have some crazy influx of talent, Wilkinson is going to be rebuilding this year. Um, So that might be a good sign for Portal so they don't have to run into that buzzsaw. Obviously, Calhoun County plays fast, score the ball with Josiah Suber, press, shoot threes. Zachariah Candidate is a um, just a bouncy, bouncy forward, plays above the rim, gets steals, gets blocks, gets dunks, can do a lot over there for the Cougars. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting. Region 1 is going to be tough with Calhoun County and then Mitchell County, who has their top four players back. Mitchell County opens the season number five in the state. Uh, Landon Quimbley is a big-time scorer, a really good guard that was a Offensive Player of the Year selection in Region 1. So Mitchell County's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. They had the Region Defensive Player of the Year, and Andrew Haynes, a 5'8 senior guard, is back 
as well. And then Charlton County, um, again, we mentioned they made it to the state title last year. Uh, uh, everyone, you know, I wouldn't say everyone's gone, but Elias Williams transfers to Camden County where he's playing for David Bailey, who was the head coach at Charlton County this past season. Um, so they have a new head coach. Their big man leaves. Jarvis Wright, is he going to be there? There's been whispers that that might not be the case this year, but that is uh, crucial when we did the top 10. Uh, Charlton County ranked number seven in the state. That's assuming Jarvis Wright will be there, who scored 20 points per game and is the ultimate definition of a three-point specialist. Um, if he's not there, you can wipe Charlton County. They're not going to be a top 10 team this year. Um, but if he is there, um, Charlton County will have a puncher's chance in staying in the poll and winning a good chunk of games. But with teasing that enough, let's talk about the teams that just missed the top 10. Manchester 21-6. and six, They graduate so much of their size. They've always been a physical, big, football-imposing team with multiple 6'4 guys that are just uh, look like grown men out there. But they graduate a lot of those. They graduate their top two scores and their top rebounder. But Darius Bryant... The rising junior, a very good player. I like him to really break out this year. Averaged over 11 points, 8 rebounds, and a block per game. Plays above the rim, athletic. Um, makes plays off the dribble for others. I like him a lot. Darius Bryant, a good player. So Manchester could be a threat to make it into the top 10. A couple other teams. How about Warren County and Towns County in Region 8? Uh, maybe a little bit of a long shot for Towns County at 17 and 12, but Zane Floyd is the reigning Region 8 Player of the Year. Average 18 points, six rebounds, four assists almost, and two steals per game. That's a really good uh, ten pole to lean on this upcoming season for the Indians. And then Warren County, 21 and six last year. Their second and third leading scores are back in Requavian Jones and Cosa Pender. They combined for over 22 points per game. And they got a big fella inside in six foot five, two hundred forty pound Darius Hill should be back as well as a team to possibly keep an eye on outside of the top ten. So there you have it, folks. That is the GHSA 2023-24 Boys Basketball Season Preview Podcast presented by Sandy Spiel. Again, you can see some of these teams we mentioned today in upcoming Sandy Spiel showcase events we got the same spill showcase series as far as the boys events go um with some girls mixed in there as well uh 11 18 the sandy spill tip-off classic at chesity we have boys and girls teams in action there that will be a fun array of teams alatoona chesity putnam county union county uh, a couple more good squads going to be there as well then we come back 12 2 at Darlington, obviously Darlington, we talked about them a lot today. Darlington will be in action. They will be playing River Ridge, a team that we mentioned that has a lot of size. That should be an interesting matchup there. A couple other good boys programs in the fold over there as I pulled up. We got teams like South Paulding playing Christian Heritage, the number one ranked team in the state in Class A Division Two. You got Calvary Day versus Temple. Two top 10 teams. You got a Dayersville versus Central Carrollton. Two top 10 teams. It's 
So good action there on the boys' side. And then our last event of the year, 12-16 at Monroe area. The Sandy Spill shootout. Again, we have top 10 programs in action. How about Seconder versus Archer? North Oconee versus Jonesboro. Two teams in their respective classifications ranked in the top 10, in the top 5, actually. And then you have South Paulding versus St. Ampicelli. George Walton Academy versus Oglethorpe County, a top 10 team. And then Monroe area, who we mentioned, a team that just missed out on the top 10 in Class 3A. They will be playing Eagles Landing Christian Academy, a team that just missed out on the top 10 in Class 2A. So look forward to having you in the gym. More information on sandyspiel.com. Of course, follow me on X, or as I like to call it, Twitter, KyleSandy355, for updates throughout the season. I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I will see you in the gym.